Thank you for your kindness. in chariots and some in horses but we trust in the name of the Lord our God hmm. are you telling me I'm too reliant on my human abilities maybe I am the church oh um, you mean you want me to go up and say this in front of the whole church it sounds so judgmental I don't want people to think I'm judging them for being too self-reliant I don't even know if it's okay to go up in front of the whole church I've I've not been here for very long they'll think who are you to say this to the church now, what about all the people who've been here for a very long time? I mean, they have a lot more credibility than me. Why don't, why don't you ask one of them? Um, yeah, I just, I just don't feel comfortable speaking this over the church. Just tell them what I said. Just those words? What about interpretation? I mean, are, are, we gonna, are they going to get the message? Um, does it mean this church is really relying on you and other churches are not? I don't know. I think I'm overthinking this. I'm just getting so confused. And I'm so nervous about it. Can, can you just get somebody else to go up first and say something? And then maybe, maybe that's a sign that I need to say something too. I, I really don't want to make an idiot of myself in front of the whole church. I do love you so much. But I think I'm going to move on to someone else since you've decided not to go. Do you think God would have said that? I'm so tired of telling you again and again and you're still refusing to listen. So I'm going to choose someone else. 
Well, Nandi, this morning you've just lost your, your chance to come up and give the prophetic word. So I'm going to choose someone else. Let me pick someone else. Tracy. Are you sure, Lord? It's, 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 it's me? Do I? Oh, my heart is beating, but I don't know whether it's beating because Brian's holding my hands or whether it's actually you telling me. Imagine God saying this, oh God, and I'm tired of these guys in this church. Do I need to go to another person now, Jared? Oh, Lord, I just played the drums, wasn't that enough? Do I need, I thought I whacked everything out of the drums, do I need now to go in and say something to stir the people up? Try Shami. Imagine, what do you think God's going to now come back to and do you think what's, what's going to be his response where's God where did he go oh God's gone back and taken a seat <laughs> let's give Nandi and Stephen a, a hand this morning I want to thank you I think the youth the, the youth please follow Kevin and uh, take on the discussion with him He's going to introduce you to God and what God is going to speak and how God is going to speak to you this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want you to close your eyes right now and I want you to hear the Lord speak to you. Just close your eyes. You've got this. You've got this amazing music that's just being played in the background just to help give you and provide an atmosphere. Just begin to hear this. Hear what the Lord is speaking to you. And then tell him, how do you want to respond when he does? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we pray that you, we know you speak to us. Lord, we ask for strength and courage to respond. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This morning, if you're visiting us, uh, and if you... Hallelujah. If, if you're visiting us today, you're, 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 you're fortunate because we're going to be we're going to be sharing this morning, or even if you're not visiting us today, I'm going to be clarifying the aspect in 1 Corinthians. Our passage this today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26, right through, I believe, 33. But I'm going to camp on 1, 14, 26. What Paul is saying to the church and what we call the proprietary, you know, the, the proprietary in terms of our worship. How do we come to him? In, in worship how do we what do we do and you know so often we're in an, we are in an environment where God is speaking and then we wonder Nandi took us through something that is so common and so normal to her you begin to ask these questions God it is you are you sure you want me to go up Lord what what are others going to say am I you know am I actually being judgmental with this that that this is a untrusting 
congregation that they're they're willing to trust in horses and chariots they're not willing to trust in me now you're coming up to give that word and you feel now how do you give that word in a way where it can be positive and not negative that's how god wants us to because when the lord gives us the word he wants us to bring it across in a manner where it brings the positive aspect he doesn't expect you and i to come up and say shame on you guys you know you trust in horses today the lord wants to correct all of you here because you are you are placing your trust in horses and in chariots meaning you are you're you're putting your you're putting your trust in the things of this world in what this world can do for you because chariots and horses were things that when you had chariots and horses in those days meant you had a lot of money you had wealth you had status so what the lord is saying through that passage of scripture is simply this that 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 you you might be trusting in your status you might be trusting in your wealth you might be trusting in all of that and god gives the word and he wants to he wants us to come and he wants us to share that word and your heart is pounding your heart is pounding but what does scripture say about all of this that's what we want to examine this morning in 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 the next 20 minutes or so that we have amen and and i i want us to be really open this morning to allowing god to speak and to shift mindsets inside of us that's what i believe is going to happen today he's going to shift mindsets he's going to cause us to begin to rethink and it is important for us to rethink we could have been christian we may be christians for 25 years 30 years 40 years and all of that but god wants us to begin to shift and to rethink thanks anna i didn't even realize that but it's so good thank you so much amen and and so we 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 want to we we want to allow god today this morning to bring that into focus to bring what he's speaking what he's what he's saying and how we are hearing that and how we are interpreting that whether you feel there is a premise for that to happen in this church or in any church for that matter and how things have evolved over over years so hence we've we've um uh, we've titled the message today the power of community in worship meaning when we come together there's there's incredible power one chases a thousand two ten thousand so there is incredible power that we need to harness there is incredible power that we need to begin to tap into i mean what amazing prophetic words were spoken over today you know things to really really assure us that he is doing a refreshing that he is that he is um he's 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 watching over us it's it's like a it's like a blanket it's like a blanket that has come over us this this morning amen and so god is 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 really really pouring him himself out today and what's the intention that god wants why why does god do that for us friends why do you think god comes like that to us you feel free to answer he wants to see that we can trust him what else friends what else do you think why else do you think god just comes over us like that to reassure us he just loves us do you think he wants to do that every service 
Do you think God wants to move in every service? Do you think God wants to speak to us at every service? He wants to. Am I right? He wants to. So, do you think God wants to speak through you? It's getting softer. I'm going to ask one more time. Do you think God wants to speak through you? Absolutely, He wants to speak through you. Right? He wants to. So, why then don't you speak what He says to you? Could be for a couple of reasons. One, it's only meant for you, which is fine. Has he ever spoken to you about others? One more time. Has he ever spoken to you about others? Has he really spoken to you about others? Has he now spoken to you about others here in this church? Some of you looking at me like you're so angry at me. Smile, please. Come on, smile. Smile, smile. That's good. So he has spoken to you about others. Has he spoken to you about the church? Has he spoken to you about me? Have you come and spoken to me about him speaking to you about me? Yes and no. Maybe it was a reprimand and you didn't want to. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sparing me. Praise God. So, so the bottom line is, is God is speaking. And you all know that he speaks to you about someone else. Sometimes you share it, sometimes you don't. We all are guilty of that. We all fall into that. But we want this to change. Do we want this to change, church? Amen. Why do we want this to change? Sorry? Because you want to hear from God, because you want to encourage the body, because you want this river to flow. You, don't, you and I don't want to build a dam. Right? We don't want to build a dam. We want this river to flow. And the river flows only when you begin to release it. Then he gives. You release, he gives. You release, he gives. So the river will continue to flow. Right? As you continue to do that, it is, it is it's going to happen in an amazing way. Imagine you come into this church. You come into this community. You come, as, as I think Brian mentioned that, you, or someone mentioned it anyway, that you come here and then you feel really down in the dumps and then, you don't, leave that, you don't leave that way again. Why? Because someone's come, put his hands around you, or maybe even just come and whisper to you and said that this is what the Lord is saying. Oh, a word that was spoken over here resonates in your heart. You, you, you embrace it. You take it. Right? You take it. Now, I, I received a word from someone yesterday in an SMS. Right? And it was such an amazing word. So powerful for me. Such an anchoring word. And my reply to the person was, I don't know how to put in words what I feel I need to say. Because not a lot of people know what, for me personally, what I've been going through over the last months. And to get a word that begins to somewhat, you know, sh shares an aspect of God thinking through that for me, just powerful. It allows you to begin to be refueled. You know, be refueled like today when we were driving past. My daughter immediately said, Dad, unleaded is only 125. Everyone know that. <laughs> unleaded, she's the spotter of cheap petrol, right? So we're thinking, okay, now, now I know. I need to go and refuel there because it's cheap. We got a good deal. 
It's only 125. So you come into church, you get an amazing deal. Right? Because grace is free. His love and kindness is free. Right? He is long-suffering. He's all of that. And he wants to give it to you and I. But he packages that in this, in what we call our worship service. So there are so many elements to our worship service. And, and, and I want to frame the style of what I call the style of worship into five categories. There are five categories to some extent that you can put a worship service into, right? And one is this, that we find it's traditional. You've got a traditional, you've got a traditional type of service. Now, the elements of this traditional service, now, they are mainly, are mainly in the expression of music being rooted in hymns. So you'd find within a traditional service, there are hymns. Now, hymns are more lyrical in a sense. They are teaching. They teach about theology, right? So traditional services, you would have what? Choirs, you would have orchestras, you would have an organ, right? You, and, maybe a, and maybe a piano. So that's, that's what a traditional service tends to look like. Now, a liturgical, or some call it now, in today's day and age, neo-liturgical, neo and it was really popularized by an amazing theologian. He's written some phenomenal books in the area of worship and the crossover of liturgy into modern. So liturgical and non-liturgical. So it's that neo-liturgical Robert Weber. Right? He's written some amazing books within the context of ancient future worship. That's what. And, and so liturgy literally means the work of the people. So liturgical services generally follow a predictable. It's the, some of us call it the sandwich service. Two hymns and meet in the middle and then two hymns or something like that, you know? We call that. So not, not, not to um, say that in a condescending way at all, but that's the, that's, the, that's, the re that's the reference. So it includes the Lord's Supper or communion that we've had this morning, scripture, pr prayers, praise, readings, and responses. So I may say the Lord is with you, and your re reply would be, and also with you. Why? Because you have been in a setting like that. At one stage, I could recite the entire service because that's what I did, right? It involves some of, some of that. Liturgical services involves altar boys. It involves choirs. It involves all of that. And you would find that within the context of, Ang of the Anglican Church, the Catholic Church, and some... Uh, Luther, Luther, Lutheran churches as well. So the resurgence of liturgy has also then recently seen this ancient future aspect or, 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 or movement. And some of the things that are brought into the neo-liturgical neo format is this. It has artistic expression. So it includes silence. It includes confession. It includes story. It includes arts. It can even include drama, right? And other creative expressions of, of what we know as classical liturgy. But a thing about neo-liturgical service has four very important components. One is a gathering. They gather. Then they have the word. Then there is the table. And then there is the sending. 
So we come, we gather like what we've gathered today. Then there is, we gather around the word. Then we partake of communion around the table, which is fellowship. So we fellowship and then we send. So you're sent. So at the end of service, as you're sent out, and, and, and we have, after service, we encourage you all to stay back. Because that's part of coming around the table. That's part of fellowship. Now, different churches can do it differently. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the Word of God. And that's the beauty that we can be as creative as we want to within the confines of what Scripture says. Amen? And the third aspect is blended. So blended worship style, now it's, it incorporates two or more different styles. Now typically we've seen the, the, the traditional and the contemporary styles blended. For, for what purpose? To reach a broader audience. So historically, these types of services have become more of a reaction to critics of contemporary services or a way to move out of the traditional into the contemporary. Then the modern, or what we sometimes know as seeker, sometimes it's also referred to as seeker-sensitive. You've heard of seeker-sensitive services? So the seeker-sensitive services is this. It's, it's a modern style of worship generally seen in churches looking to be relevant to the culture. Right? Generally, the songs are more on, on people's brokenness, compassion, justice issues, right? and those who desire more of an internal transformation. Now, it can be especially seeker-sensitive, focused on including secular music into their service to help create familiarity. I just call to say I love you. I just call to say how much I care. Can you imagine singing this to God? I just came to say I love you. I just came to say how much I care. Right? So now, some of you sitting there might be thinking, oh my goodness me. This is, this is not right. This is sacrilegious. Right? I mean, it, it can come across as that. Um... It is a seeker-sensitive service. It is to help create familiarity, as I mentioned, and lower the anxiety for new attendees. So when you're new, you're scoping out, you're checking out church. So to, to try and make everyone feel comfortable and acceptable. Now, imagine the difficulty that you and I will have to reach a multi-generational congregation where you've got kids, where you've got ones who are, who, who at this day and age, they're into their iPhones, their iPads, their this, their that, all of that. And we are needing to appeal to that. Then you've got older people. So in a worship service, we've got all of that. How, tell me, how, how are we to make everyone feel comfortable and everyone feel acceptable? Some of you may say, man, the music is too loud. It is too much. It is too this. It is too that. It is too much of bouncy songs, or it's just too, too kind of reflective and slow. What, how do we please everyone and make everyone feel acceptable, accepted? And when you leave, you feel good, man, it's really met all of my needs, you know? 
It's a difficult, that's a difficult aspect. It's a major challenge. So churches, leadership, continue to evaluate and see how can we do this? What can we do? So you find changes continue to happen. Recalibrate. Recalibrate. Then finally, we've got contemporary. The contemporary are sometimes referred to as praise and worship. That, this is less formal. So it's a style, by far the most popular and most misunderstood style in the church world today. Now, contemporary worship emerged during the Gen X time, period between the 1980s to, the, to 2005, kind of plus, and the likes of Chris Tomlin, The Passion, Hillsong, Darlene, Bethel, all of them, you know, kind of put this music on, on the map, put this style on the map. So you find a lot of churches now uh, in, incorporating this aspect. So having said that, I want us to look into five different versions of this passage of Scripture from 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Some of you are aware of this, of this passage of, of Scripture. So if we look at the New Living Translation, it says this, well, my brothers, why don't you read it with me? Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some practical revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must, be, must strengthen all of you. Right? Must strengthen all of you. So there are some key, as, key aspects there. And the key aspect is here, when we meet together. So now Paul is telling, Paul is addressing an issue in 1 Corinthians where it became a little bit divisive here. There were things going on, different people were doing different things. They were speaking in tongues and there was no real sense of bringing some resolution to it. People were just prophesying as many as they felt like. And so he begins to look at this and, and then pride began to enter the church in Corinth as well. So Paul then begins to write to them to address an issue. And so this is what he comes up with and he tells them this. He doesn't say stop speaking in tongues. He doesn't say stop prophesying. But he gives them some instructions. And we will read those instructions a little later. I want today the passage of scripture to, to, to speak to you. I want the passage of scripture to preach to you. Not me trying to tell you what to do, but I want the passage of Scripture to begin to shift particular aspects within you and I. Because when that happens, when you begin to marry and align yourself to Scripture, you will find that there will come a greater release within you and I. A much-needed release. Some of you are visiting us here because you've, you, you, you felt that, man, there is some freedom here that we really enjoy. And, and praise God. Praise God. That's, a, that's, that's a, a huge value system for us. That's a huge value system. And, and, and we, we try and steward that. Not so much so protect it, but we try to steward that really well. And we continue to steward this. And you may be visiting us, and today I believe the Lord wants to share this with you and maybe set you free within the mindset that, this, that, that what 1 Corinthians 14 is saying is all right. Should be the premise of what a worship service should be. 
any worship service, in any denomination. And the other aspect is this, that we must strengthen, that what is done must strengthen all of you. It must strengthen all of you. Amen? Let's look at another version in the Passion. I love this, the Passion Translation. Let's read it together. Beloved friends, what does all this imply? And stop at that. So here, why do you think Paul is now saying, what does all of this imply? Meaning he's done some corrections in the earlier passages of Scripture. And he's saying now, having given you all of that, having said all of that now, what do you think this now implies? Let me bring this plane to a landing, he's saying. Let me now bring this to a point where it's now going to make more sense to you. And let me leave this with you. And this is what he leaves. That when you conduct, say it with me please, when you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to build up the church family. Whether you share a song, a praise, a teaching, a divine revelation, or a tongue, an interpretation, let each one contribute what strengthens others. Let's look at J.B. Phillips' translation, and it says this, Well then, my brothers, I think you've got to put sisters there too. So, whenever, say it with me, whenever you meet, let everyone be ready to contribute. Now, whenever means what? Amen. Whenever means what? Whenever, whenever means whenever. Does every week, are, are we meeting, when we meet here every week, is a whenever? Right? When we meet on a Wednesday, when you meet in your connect group, is it a whenever? When, you, when we come here for prayer, is it a whenever? Yes, yeah, so whenever we meet, not sometimes, but whenever we meet, a psalm, a piece of teaching, a spiritual truth, or a tongue with an interpreter. Everything should be done to make your church strong in the faith. The amplified version. What then haha, is the right course, believers? So Paul is saying, now what then is the right course? Turn to your neighbor and say, what then is the right course? Cool. Say it one more time. What then is the right course? Ah, this is the right course. When you meet together, each one, say it with me, when you meet together, each one, what does each one mean? It means me. I am that each one. Right? Say, I am the each one. So each one has what? A psalm, a teaching, a revelation, disclosure of special knowledge, a tongue or an interpretation. Let everything be constructive and edifying and done for the good of all the church. Okay. Hallelujah. Krista, stand up. Uh, Amanda, stand up. Amanda. Oh, you've got someone there. Oh. Praise God. Hi, Isaac. Praise God. Uh, well, Isaac's mother as well stand up. Um, guy three to stand up. Ian, stand up. Brian, uh, yeah, Brian, stand up too. Shami, stand. Yeah, Simon too. Hannah, stand. Yes. Uh, who else? Okay, you must be wondering why I'm asking you to stand. 
Now, I, church, I want, I want to ask you a question here. Are these the only each ones in this church? This is not each one? No? So who are the each ones? Can all of you who fit into the category of each one stand, please? Oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Oh, man, look around. Look around and see. Look at all the each ones here that now, after at the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity, right, to come and sing a psalm, share a psalm, release a teaching, a divine revelation, a tongue. It needs to be interpreted. Otherwise, oops, otherwise you, you, that will happen. <laughs> otherwise, you know, otherwise, otherwise it's best to keep quiet. Amen? But you will never know that there's going to be an interpretation until you release the tongue. Right? So if you're thinking, no, who's going to interpret? That's not your business. You just release it. If it happens, praise God. If it doesn't happen, you've not failed. Someone just failed to listen. It's not your fault. It's the other person's fault. Right? It's the other person's fault. And it needs to be done for the good of all the church. Thank you. Thank you so much, each one. Give your hands a... Give your hands a... Give yourselves a hand. Sorry. And my final one is the message version. So here's what I want you to do. Right? So this final thing. This is what I want you to do. And it says this. That when you gather for worship, each one will be prepared with something that will be useful for all. That's the clincher. You and I, we don't just wake and roll out of bed on Sunday morning. We get, we roll out, and we roll in to something. We roll into a time where you begin to say, God, I am so excited to go to the house of the Lord. I am so excited. And I'm preparing my heart. I'm preparing myself, Lord, as I'm going. As I'm going, you know, you don't need to go into your closet. Oh, Okay, come on, speak to me. Okay, now I feel it. No, you don't need to. You go, you open your heart because how does God speak to you? He speaks to you. Different from how he speaks to me. But God speaks to you because my sheep hear my voice and they know it. So he begins to speak to you. You step into the car and you're not listening to, I just called to say I love you, right? You're listening, I worship you, almighty God. Oh, another in the fire. Oh, I'm never going to stop singing or something. Oh, you listen to, or you don't listen to anything. I sometimes just don't want to listen to anything because I just want to listen to him. I don't want someone else to be telling me. Not that it's wrong. I'm not saying that. But there, there is a time and, and place for it. So the idea is preparing. Preparation. Preparation is like this. Shami, uh, can you just get onto the guitar, please? Just untune your E string. And your B string, just untune it a little bit. And then just, no, your bottom E. The bottom one, sorry. Okay, and the B. 
Okay, now play me an E chord on that. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Oh Lord. Oh, I exalt thee, Lord. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Okay, now as I'm speaking, please tune it back. <laughs> A lack of preparation sounds like that. That when we come. But thankfully, God is not me. That that is still sweet to him. But he wants it to get sweeter. He doesn't want it just to be sweet. Because those beside you are not God. And they don't have the patience that God has. <laughs> Nor the loving kindness that God has nor the long-suffering that he has. So he wants it to come to a place where we are. You and I, we're in an environment where, so you come prepared with something that will be useful to all. So it may be a hymn, meaning a humanly composed song. That's what a hymn is, right? The other is that you may have a, a teaching lesson. You may come up. Now, we heard a lesson today on giving. Right, we heard that today. We heard a lesson today on communion. Right, about Jesus coming. Jesus couldn't take it any longer. He had to come. I'm not going to wait till the cross. I'm going to come ahead of time and show you what it is. What an amazing thing. That God comes in the midst of your fire. We had, because that was a revelation. Right? That led him into an encounter. So if you take Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a revelation of Jesus or a Christophany of him being there, coming before the actual time. And he was with them. So they had this major revelation that, that when they got out of the furnace, do you think anything would have been able to overcome them? After going through that furnace and experiencing Jesus in it, coming out without the stench of smoke, they would say, man, if this is what it is, nothing can kill me. Nothing can destroy me. Now you come to church on Sunday with that sense of, of courage and boldness, not haughtiness, not pride, but that's, that confidence in Him. And you release it in this and you heard a story today of someone struggling genuinely going through the motions of what God will speak and how you and I begin to address that till today I'm in that place till today I question whether, it, whether I'm to say something or not and I've done this so many times Till today I ask, am I supposed to be preaching here or someone else? See, I, I, I'm serious. Till today, if there's a way out, I will take that. Sometimes. Right? Why? Because, because life's such 
that you 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 deal with so many things and you come at times knocked and the lack of preparation you know at times the opportunity isn't there to to feel prepared i mean i just just two days ago we heard news about my uncle my dad's brother just passed away and another uncle at the same day maybe hours apart passed away as well through marriage my sister younger sister passed away about a month and a half ago or so and i'm thinking what in the world is going on there's no time to prepare you don't feel time to to greet take time to because as things just continue to go on you know and so when you come into a setting it is so hard at times to hear god speak clearly to you and all of you are in the same boat you have your challenges but imagine this imagine this verse when you meet together each one each one has not might have not consider having but you have so if you believe that today This is the only verse I want us to really camp on today because I need this broken and shifted in this congregation in this size because we're not going to remain this size for too long when we're 300 when we're 500 we need this mindset to be within the 300 within the 500 within whatever number that the Lord deems us to get into but it needs to start here it needs to start with us right and following ah these key three instructions when you gather not if you gather but when the third aspect in that verse is each one not some but every individual be prepared with something useful you actually come ready right you actually come ready so The example that Paul gives us is this that he doesn't confine it to only this these are just examples that he's addressing the church in Corinth what we do as a church and as as believers and as quote unquote theologians is we limit God to only this if someone does something like prophetic painting oh that's not of God If someone does something else, oh that can't be of God because it does not fit those five categories that were said. Now if Paul was living in today's day and age, his letter might be totally different. Maybe I'd like to write a letter to Casey City Church. To me to address some of these aspects here that there could be a breath of expressions. But it needs to be done this way. That be useful to all. That whatever that we do, it must be useful to all. It must edify. It must encourage you. Right? It must encourage you. You sometimes hear the guitarist just playing on his own without, or a violinist, and you think, but there's no words to it. But something happens, isn't it? that you are moved into really understanding into into encountering something 
So, fr so friends, brothers and sisters, today I, I want us to not leave this place feeling and thinking that you are not one of those, each one that stood up first. But you are one of the each one that scripture talks about. That you can. And sometimes the word may not be for everyone. It may be just for you. But when God speaks to you, even if it means that you come up and you say, as something as simple, church, I just feel like saying this this morning. God loves you. And then you think to, your, think to yourself, that, that's all I have to say? And Krista will go on for about 45 seconds, one minute. Uh, who else? Uh, Tendai will go on for one minute. Brian or Kevin or this or that. And, you know, mine is only two seconds. You and I know this for a fact that God doesn't look at the eloquence in how you and I put things. He looks at the delivery of the hearts and that when it comes from that place something happens. Something happens. But it takes all of us church. We are the community. We are the ecclesia. The called out ones. Not the, not the few selected chosen ones. Right? Now, I understand that we have an approach to some of these things. And the approach is this, that during worship, there is a moment. It's like riding the wave. I always use this, learn to ride the wave. Now, the wave comes to a landing to some extent. So when, 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 when worship is, you know, when, when the drummer is going... And the music is going, you don't suddenly come, Alan, the Lord said, oh, and you don't say it at that point in time because you're competing, right? But when it comes, when there is a moment, there is a window, and then you come and you begin to say, and, you, and generally you come to the chairperson, particularly now, I want to say this, particularly if you are someone that is fairly new, and if you're not known and you've not done this a lot, come and share with the chairperson here the person right in front here tell them what it is generally the worship leader or myself up here will then provide a window of that opportunity for you to come now when you share that did you hear today when a word was said the uh, what i said was let's respond because it's about responding paul talks about that let it be two or three right in in this passage of scripture it's not here but i'll just read this really quickly in verse 27, it says, No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. So he gives instructions here. What they say, If no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting. So what does that If no one is present in your church who can interpret. So what Paul is saying is this. There are some people who have been identified in your congregation that have this gift of interpretation. When you release that, check to see if they're around. That's one way of looking at it. The other way is do it by faith and release it. Right? Now, this sort of a thing is very rare these days. 
seen it happen a few times. It's happened a couple of times here in this church, but it's very rare. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Doesn't mean that it's incorrect. It can. Right? Then the final aspect here, he says in verse 29, let two or three people prophesy and let others evaluate what is said. But if someone is prophesying, another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. Right? In this way, all who prophesy will. Oh, Mamma Mia. I didn't realize. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder. I have to end here. It's already 12.20. And I, I want us to, I'd, I'd like for us to maybe just take two minutes. Now, we're not going to have time to actually have this happen practically. I just want God to just release you into that space. Right? So it says here now, two or three are to prophesy. Not that only two or three can prophesy. Many can. But for the purpose of knowing and responding to the prophetic word, keep it to two or three so that it makes it easier for us to respond so that everything is done in order and that's what we mean by in order hallelujah so church can i please invite you to stand invite you to stand with me and i want you to just take a minute or two uh shami is just going to be on the guitar the rest of us singers and all of that just stay where you are in fact you just respond as well it's a time for us to respond. It's a time for you to respond where, where you are. Um, if you want prayer after this, we'll, we'll be more than happy to pray for you. But I want you to respond in this, in this manner. God is going to invite you into something now. He might invite you to raise your hands. He might invite you to kneel. He might invite you just to stand. He might invite you. But God wants to invite you into something. And come into that invitation. And beyond this, what I want you to do is, I want you to take this, and if you're with your family, share it with them. Or if you don't want to, if you want to keep it to yourself, and you just want to reflect on it, go for it. Amen. So just begin to close your eyes. God can speak to us in 30 seconds, in one minute, in two minutes. So it's not going to be long drawn. We've just got another minute or so. Thank you, Jesus. this word put on love put it on
Father, we thank you for your invitation this morning. We thank you for bringing us into a space that we can that we can totally trust you. Thank you for laying our hearts to rest. Thank you for leading us into green pastures. For surely goodness and mercy will follow us. Thank you. Father, I want to thank you for every person here. I want to thank you that today, from today onwards, there's going to come such a shift within their hearts that they're going to take a step out of the boat. They're going to walk on the water. Lord, many of us are going to make mistakes. And we thank you for those mistakes because we're going to learn from it. We're going to be willing to say that, well, I've got another week to try. I've got another connect group to try. This. I've got another prayer meeting. Lord, whenever we gather, not just here, but even just outside. And friends, outside we'll never have this music playing for us. But God's going to speak to you. And He's going to invite you to shift someone else's heart and mind. Please respond. We bless you and may the peace of God and His loving kindness follow you today throughout this week take this into your place of influence God bless you yes there is lunch please do stay back uh, and certainly do apologize for going over quite a bit I didn't realize the time but thank you for being patient if you need prayer this morning please come forward got the prophetic team that will be up here, amen, available to pray.